Happy Tag Tuesday. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm Denise Cooper. I'm Ann Police. We're glad you're joining us on this Tag Tuesday. Of course, this is the day we're bringing you weird news. The weirdest news of all, Denise is back. Woo-hoo! <laughs> She's back and the voice is a little bit better. Voice is a lot better. A lot better. I'm still dealing with, you know, who knows. Whatever the creeping crud is that's going around, but we're glad you're back here in person. We get to lay eyes on each other, if only for 24 hours, and then we're both off doing other things. But uh, hey, we thought we'd squeeze in a, a weird news just just for fun, for yeah. giggles. We always love the weird newses. We do. Is that <laughs> weird news eye? Is that what it is? Is it is plural newses? I'm going to say yes. No. You are the English major. <laughs> My husband it? and I had this conversation literally yesterday that if if goose is singular, geese is plural, and it was a whole situation, and I, I don't think I knew the answer. I don't think you can plural news. No, I think news is news. It's, exactly. It's one story or it's a hundred stories. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. So I don't say news is? No. You wouldn't say news is anyway. All I these, might. Well... <laughs> you can say whatever you want thank you You're it's welcome. my podcast i can say what i want finally a forum where i can speak freely uh okay you want me to start or you want to start you can start okay i've got a great story for you out of the beautiful state of california there's a restaurant in northern california the sacramento and roseville area so we're not quite getting up to reading see this is the problem what there's i mean how many mexican people live there a ton Really? So many. Oh, because of the agriculture, you think? Because of ag, yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Got it, got it. Yes, tons and tons of of folks who speak Spanish fluently and think that we're idiots live up there. Yes. So, okay. They know we're idiots if they're listening to this. <laughs> so, in the Sacramento-Roseville area, there is a restaurant called Taca- Taqueria Garibaldi, and it's owned by a gentleman named Che, C-H-E, is that Che Garibaldi? Mm-hmm. He owns and operates locations in Sacramento and Roseville. Well, 35 of his employees were awarded um, money and damages following an investigation by the U.S. Department of Labor. Okay, I think I've heard the story, but go ahead. <laughs> this is amazing. I, I, this came to me because of work. This oh. is a case. This is, ma- this is made national news oh, because has? of this case. Yeah, It's go amazing. Ahead. I mean, just the sheer guts of this guy. I know. An employee told the court that a priest mm-hmm. urged workers to, yes. quote unquote, Con- get the sins out. Yep. Get the sins out. Get the sins out. Confess. Confess. And yes. ask them if they had stolen from their employee employer, ever been late to work, had done anything to harm their employer, or if they had bad intentions towards their employer. They added that the intimidating stunt was among the most shameless that they had ever seen. The identity of the priest has not been disclosed. So uh, a woman, an employee named Maria. Who I'll just knows call, if it's really a, a priest? It's not a priest. Well, that's the thing. Like when I read this, this is a case law. This has become case law because it's so As it should. crazy. It's absolutely egregious. 
So a woman named Maria, who's an employee at the Taqueria Garibaldi, was one of the workers who fell victim to the scam. She said, as soon as the confession started, I found the conversation to be strange and unlike a normal confession. These are Catholic <laughs> people. So this guy was not even playing a priest well enough to fool a Catholic lady who's been going to confession since she's eight years old, where she said it, it wasn't like a normal confession where I would tell the priest about the sins that I wanted to confess. This is what she said in federal court. So there, there she's in court telling the story. He's, he's like, he's like basically trying to get her to say certain things like yes. he's he's like guiding her towards what she's supposed to confess leading the witness exactly oh only he's a priest and she's <laughs> a parishioner the employee added that the quote-unquote priest was only interested in hearing about the sins committed on the job so she's in there like hey i i bounced a check and i may have you know <laughs> may have done something with my boyfriend that i shouldn't have. no 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 he's like i don't really care that doesn't matter what about did you ever steal from the till <laughs> yeah exactly the department of labor only uncovered the spirit they're calling it a spiritual scam after an investigation uh went into unpaid wages so this dude is really he's laying it all on the line the owner they subsequently discovered that the owner denied employees overtime pay for hours over yes. 40 in a work week which is a violation of the fair labor standards act you can't sure. do that priest or not no i mean and here's the thing people in those types of jobs service industry jobs things that are making minimum wage they're the most vulnerable yeah they are to these people because mm -hmm. But what's really sad is that he's preying on his own people. Exactly. I don't get it. No, you're a total scumbag. You see the vulnerability of the people because you were in that position probably not all that long ago. At least your parents were. Or somebody. I mean, just for sheer humanity's sake. Yeah. Like, just pay, pay them what they work. <laughs> pay them what they work. I mean, they're already working their asses off. They... And they, these are people that this isn't their only job. No, exactly. This is where... This is when I read this whole thing. Mm -hmm. It is laughable almost what this guy thought he could get yeah. away with which yeah. is what why we're bringing this up i'm assuming right. because yes. it's just yeah egregious like you said it's, it's crazy so now he's required to pay seventy thousand dollars in damages which isn't enough to me well i don't know what the penalties actually were like what he actually got away with as far as not paying or whatever the the stunt with the priest is unbelievable i think anybody that was having to be that had to happen to them mm -hmm. if they had were if they went through that mm -hmm. they should get pain and suffering for that well and maybe that's part of it we don't know exactly how many employees were affected because some people probably went in there and were just like whatever dude some people probably were afraid to talk about it i'm, I'm telling sure you right were. now and and even to get charges against them yeah a lot of people are not citizens of this country no so they're not going to go to the authorities no, because they're going to the risk part that's the problem i know that's probably where this guy when i read this i thought this guy thought he could do whatever he wanted well he did and he did he threatened the employees with retaliation and adverse immigration consequences yep. for cooperating mm. with the with the authorities he fired one worker who he thinks is the one that was like the whistleblower, the one that actually went and complained to the authorities and got the whole ball rolling. That person was fired. Um, Which you can't do. Of course you can't. It's all bad. The employer's despicable attempts to retaliate against employees were intended to silence workers, obstruct an investigation, and prevent the recovery of unpaid wages, according to the Department of the Solicitors which I've never heard of. Anyway, it's it did get resolved. He is being charged. He ha does have to pay restitution and damages, pay back the employees the money that he kept for their overtime hours. But 
I, I think all those people have to go find new jobs, right? You can't continue working for that guy. No. I'm going to go next. Tell me. Oh, you're going to love this one. You and I have an affinity for shoes. Yes. And handbags. Absolutely. I mean. Tell me everything. I can't get enough. <laughs> and if you looked in my closet or you look in my little area where I keep my purses, people would probably say I have a problem. They might call hoarders. They could think that I needed some kind of 12-step program. And I think admitting you have a problem is the first, the first road step. to recovery. It's the first, first step. step so I'm going to say I probably have that problem. <laughs> but I'm just going to say that I don't care. No, you don't. And I love it. Absolutely. And who doesn't love a good handbag? Please. So this handbag sold for $63,000. And it's not a Birkin. I was going to say, that's that's the price of a Birkin bag. That is, and it's not. It's not. What no. is it? No, oh, handbag oh. smaller than a grain of salt oh, no. sells for over $63,000. Yes. A minuscule handbag measuring just 657 by 222 by 700 microns. Why, I don't even know what size that is. You you can't do the math. It's okay. too small for your brain. It's too much. Yes. Don't try. I won't. I don't want to see smoke coming out. Don't of there. worry. Or less than 0.03 inches wide. That's how wide it is. Okay. 0. 0. 0.03. Okay. There's a picture that we will share mm-hmm. of this, and I'm going to show you what it looks like. Oh, give me a break. It is literally on the tip of someone's finger, and you can barely see it. Who's okay? the manufacturer of that? I'm okay. going to tell you. Sorry. This small 0.03 inch uh, piece of plastic sold for over $63,000 on an online auction on Wednesday. Barely visible to the human eye, the fluorescent yellowish green bag is based on a popular Louis Vuitton design. This is what caught my eye. Okay, yeah. Though it is the work of a New York art collective, not the luxury label itself. Okay. Dubbing its diminutive creation microscopic handbag that's Mm -hmm. what it's called Mm -hmm. the brooklyn-based group mschf claims that the bag is narrow enough to pass through the eye of a needle and is smaller than a grain of sea salt though that might depend on how coarse you like your salt i was gonna say i mean i've had some pretty big pieces of salt (laughs) the object was made using two phototon polymerization a manufacturing technology used to 3D print microscale plastic parts. Oh my gosh. Okay. So microscale. Okay. It was sold alongside a microscopic piece of equipment with digital display through which the bag can be viewed. Okay. And I'm going to show you what it looks like through that. A, a promotional photo shows the design in greater detail, okay. revealing the Louis Vuitton signature LV monograms. It's a cute bag. Uh-huh. The bag, I mean, that's the detail of that on that little thing. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. It appears to be based on the French labels, the on-the-go tote. You know what the on-the-go tote. I know the on-the-go tote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which currently retails at a full size between around $3,100. So okay. you can get a full size Louis Vuitton for $3,100. Okay. Or between $3,100 and $4,300. Okay. This one was $63,000. Why? The sale was hosted by Jupiter, which is spelled J-O-O-P-I-T-E-R, okay. online auction house fun, um, founded by American musician, recorder, producer, and designer Ooh. Pharrell Williams. Oh, 
Pharrell, what are you doing? Pharrell? Did you know? I didn't know this. Yeah. I don't, I'm not up on my Louis Vuitton enough, but although Williams currently serves as Louis Vuitton's creative director of menswear. Nope. Didn't know. Didn't know that. The MSCHF's chief creative officer, Kevin Weisner, previously told the New York Times that the collective had not sought his or the French label's permission Uh to use the logo or design. Okay. I smell a lawsuit. I do too. Pharrell loves big hats, so we made him an incredibly small bag, he told the newspaper. (laughs) That's funny. Founded in 2016, the MSCHF has made headlines with its so-called drops in in, um, irreverent art projects that are often poke fun of art while profiting from consumer capitalism. Okay. So they're basically making fun fun. of things. Yeah. the question is, who's got $63,000? There's some weird collector out there. Johnny Depp. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. The group was infamously sued by Nike. Yo. Over its Satan shoes. Oh, yeah. I remember Satan shoes. A series of 666 pairs of modified Nike sneakers feature- featuring satanic symbols and drops of real human blood. So they haven't learned. No. Well, this is why. The dispute was eventually settled out of court. Don't do that. They don't care. They don't care. This is what, sorry, as I get on my soapbox, don't settle out of court. Sue them so that they don't do it anymore. They're going to keep doing it because it's, look at this, this. We're talking about it. You were talking about it. And this isn't the only thing that they're, you Mm -hmm. know, schlepping. They've got a ton of stuff on this place. No, um, it says in 2021, the group ripped up four Birkin handbags. Speaking of Birkin, this also caught my attention. Yeah. They ripped up four of the Birkin handbags to create sandals dubbed. Birkenstocks. Uh-huh. How yep. did they get the Birkin bags? Did they buy those I'm sure things? they did. Because they are five <laughs> figures for yeah. a Birkin bag. That it offered, uh, they offered these up for $76,000 a pair. And they sold And them. they sold? Yes. Come on. I can't imagine. Oh my gosh. You know what kind of money you could do with that? I could do a lot with that. One of those pairs of Birkenstocks, mm-hmm. I'd say that in air quotes. Right was l- more money than that settlement we just talked about to those poor workers. <laughs> well, we can't, you can't compare apples I'm and oranges. I'm just saying, it's, it just seems it. sad. Yeah. More recently, the cartoonish rubber boots, known as the Big Red Boots, became a viral sensation after being worn by stars such as Doja Cat, Iggy Azalea, and Janelle Monet. I saw those. I think someone had them on at the Met Gala. I think, you, I think they did. Yeah. Um, prior to this week's sale... Um, they de- they declined to a- answer CNN's question on the creation of its handbag. However, a statement published alongside the auction listing posted that the fashion industry loves a small bag. <laughs> <laughs> Industries of the small of, of the love of small bags had seen them steadily more abstracted to the point that the accessory is purely a brand signifier. This is like you know in I think it's called Marfa, Texas. Mm-hmm. They have a Prada store out in the middle of the desert and it's just a storefront there's nothing in it it's not a real store but it says Prada on the front and it's to kind of objectify consumerism and show it's a it's a it's an art installment and it's to show you how stupid consumerism is and I think this is is well, that for, what they're trying to do that sounds like it could be it now that you're saying that I don't really understand it all I think of is greed when I hear and see this. Yeah, the problem is these people are actually trying, to, are making a, a, a sale and I, are making a profit. I think, I think that they're trying to make fun of art. Mm-hmm. I, 
I think that they're trying to create something outside the regular norm. Wait, you think they're trying to make fun of art or you think they're trying to make fun of people who are paid $63,000 for a microscopic purse? Or, you know, the Birkin bag. The Birkin stock. Yes, I don't know. Previous small leather handbags have still required a hand to carry them. They became dysfunctional inconveniences to their wearer the statement added microscopic handbag takes it to a full logical conclusion oh does it where do i put my lipstick microscopic bag (laughs) sorry i lose everything everything that thing is gone you can't see it it's a grain of salt i mean oh my gosh what do you do you put it in like you buy it and then you put it in like a huge like a shadow box shadow box if and I come over have- here and there's a, like a, what looks like an empty shadow box hanging in your doorway, we're going to have a conversation. We are because I'm going to say to myself, put me somewhere if I spent $60,000 of money on something like that, please. Anyway, um, a, a pr- practical object is boiled down into jewelry. All of the punitive function evaporated for luxury ob- objects usually visible is the angles shared. I don't understand what any of this means. What a bunch of junk. All I know is that it is a pretty cute little bag that they made out of that. Chance has a 3D printer. I bet Mm -hmm. he could print us this. Well, once you get it to a size where you can actually see it, and look on our Instagram, uh, Two Average Girls Podcast, and you'll be able to see the tiny version at the end of someone's finger. Mm -hmm. And then we'll show you the blown up version that when you buy this, whoever bought it, you get to have the microscope to see it. It's cute if it was... I would carry that around if it was actually carryable. I think they're going to get sued by Louis Vuitton. I think they should get sued. And I'm surprised Pharrell would be doing that, but I'm just saying. Okay. Wow. Weird news has become upsetting news. It's really weird. (laughs) Hence the name. Thank you. All right. I've got a story that is just for Denise. As you know, every, (laughs) every time we do weird news, I look for something that's really specific to Denise. I love it. Unfortunately, this is gonna, this is kind of a bad thing. It's about the one thing Denise hates more than anything. I have one too. I hope it's not the same one. Snakes? Uh (gasps) Uh-huh. Colorado? I don't know. Homeowner? No. Okay. Let me tell my story. Oh, I'm going to get a snake story for you then. <laughs> I'm excited. We're going to go to Colorado oh, where snakes. a woman. I can't stand snakes. Oh, you you haven't lived until you've walked a, a, an outdoorsy trail <laughs> with Denise. <laughs> <laughs> so just so you know, we went on vacation and we were in this small little quaint town in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember the town's name, but I was getting hair, my hair blow dried. Oh, no. Yes, I had to get it blow dried there because I can't do my own hair because it's so unruly. Okay. Anyway, wait, are you in Scotland? Where are you? We're we're in. We are traveling towards towards Silverstone. We are. Oh, you're we in. Are, we're out, outside England. of Silverstone. Okay. We're in England. Mm-hmm. We're in this small town that's adjacent to Silverstone area, and they have got this one stop shopping place that is an outdoor place. They have got reptiles in there that Mm-mm. they're feeding. Mm-mm. Fish and snakes. Mm-mm. I mean, they're feeding the snakes, the the mice and everything. And my husband is like, come on, let's go in. You're like, no. I'm I did go not my- go in. No, you didn't. It's like, it's super fascinating. Nope. It wasn't a it is, museum zoo. It was like. No, it, this is a shopping center. You can have tea and scones out oh. there. You can go to a, something that looks like a Lowe's where they sell oh. a little bit of everything. Okay. And there's this place and they have got stuff for your stuff to grow your own pond. They've got lily pads they've got all these things like it's an outdoorsy area 
and they've got snakes. It's like a British bass pro shop. It's so crazy. It was, I don't understand it. (laughs) I love that you passed. You're like, no. Yeah, not doing it. Uh, Thank you, though. I'm going to go get my hair blown out like a normal person. Um, Okay, so let's go to Colorado. A woman had moved into a new home. This is just last month. Oh, actually, okay. So it was in April when she moved into her new home. No, I don't like this. Yep. I'm already feeling it. It's a beautiful four-bedroom. It's okay. This isn't happening to you. It's gross. It's okay. She moved into a beautiful four-bedroom, two-bathroom home. She's a 42-year-old woman, and she is. this is her first home oh. purchase. She's a single mom. No. Yeah, so she was like, she's getting it done. She is That's living her life. Her. No, she's doing great. Things changed when she moved in. Mm. They always do. I was trying to unpack, and my dog, the dogs always know. The dog crouched down and started walking over to this area as she points to an area of the house real slow. So I came over to see exactly what was going on, thinking that there was like a spider or maybe some little rodent had gotten in the house and was like, you know, dying or dead or whatever. Uh, There were two small holes Mm -mm. in the wall. No. No. And through those holes, she saw snakes slithering up. More than one. Multiple. So she says, this is the part that really sang to this me. This literally, literally gives me anxiety. I am, my heart is beating right now. I am thinking about this right now. This is why I cannot do snakes. She said. Oh my gosh. I started to panic. Yes. That was her first. Th- and I'm like, oh. This- Didn't they do an inspection of the house? They did, but. It, no I one mean- going underneath the house? This was in the house. This wasn't even underneath. There's a hole in the wall. I will, we will post this on our Instagram, Two Average Girls Podcast on Instagram, and you will be able to see this. It is not a small hole. I couldn't live there. I'm not living there. Well. Ever. Let's continue on. Can't live there. She said that You have to burn the house. (laughs) You have to set gasoline. You have to take a torch to it. You then have to get it all the way to the foundation. (laughs) And even then. And even then. No one can live there. You're selling the land and you're moving to a condo. You cannot live there. (laughs) So since her initial discovery, she found out that the reptiles multiple were living behind the drywall and underneath the patio of the home. So it wasn't directly in the house, but it was. She added that she spent more than $1,000 on purchasing traps and hiring professional help. So she's in it. I'm not trapping that thing. I am, I am gone. No. I am at the Marriott until this thing gets settled. And then I'm selling the house. She believes oh that the God. reptiles are garter snakes, but oh. added they were the largest garter snakes you've ever seen. Well, garter snakes are better. Well, it's not a, a like you're thinking, what, like a rattlesnake or something? Oh, I'm thinking that... like a python. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Like I'm thinking wrapping around, you're sleeping at night, it comes in, you're dead. Still, it's a snake. Uh, you, it can't be trusted. It's a snake. It's disgusting. The snake wrangler. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, gosh. There's a snake wrangler. She hires, this chick is getting it done. She's not messing. Who is the snake wrangler? Is it a guy or a girl? I don't know. Oh, it's a he. The snake wrangler caught some of the snakes for me. Who's married to him? No one can be married to the snake wrangler. he's got the loveliest wife. No, he does not. No one can, he's. He's touched snakes. He cannot touch you. She's into it. Oh, my God. She loves his snaky behavior. The snake wrangler caught some of the snakes for me. Some. Not all of them. And said that he caught a look. By taking a look at them, he thought they were maybe two to three years old. 
but he thinks they've been living there most of their lives. So they probably like were hatched there. That's where mommy went mm. and birthed her snake. I don't know how many eggs a snake will lay, but there was multiple. She said that none of the snakes have been killed. So they took those snakes and like gave them to... It's a good thing I didn't find them. Mm-hmm. It's a, those snakes, they'd be dead. They'd be shoes by now. They'd be shoes, yeah. For or a sure. handbag. You'd be wearing them proudly. Mm-hmm. And not a microscopic handbag. No. A big old handbag. Big old duffel bag. <laughs> Sorry. But she says that she has found it difficult to enjoy her new home, so she stayed. I can't unpack any of my stuff because I'm definitely afraid that there's more snakes in the boxes, under the boxes, around the boxes... It's like you crawl into bed and if the sheet brushes your foot or something weird like that happens, you immediately rip the covers off, jump out of bed just to make sure there's nothing there. Yeah, this, this is a nightmare. woman. It's so sad. Um, the real estate company that helped her buy this home, and I'm not naming her because she just, she doesn't need any more attention on this. It's, it's really terrible. Um, a spokesperson from the real estate company said that it was the first time that they'd heard about a snake infestation in any of their listed properties. Convenient. Um, and according to the Colorado Association of Realtors, she could sue the company if she can demonstrate damages and proof that the seller had actual knowledge of the condition, which, I mean, that's kind of hard to do. Um, to me, if you're the real estate agent and you find out about this, you help this woman. You should be paying for the snake wrangler. You should, you, you're paying for it. I'm sorry. I don't care if you knew about it or not. Right. This is your responsibility. Right. Yeah. She says that um, the idea of the slithering snakes living in the walls of her house has her petrified. And she said, I don't feel like I'm the first one to have found them, but I don't think that anybody would ever say that they knew they were there. It's been rough. I'm 42 and this is my first home. I've worked my entire life for this and now I can't enjoy it. My kids are enjoying it, but I'm scared to death. I do not blame her. I don't blame her either. It's that's a, that's a horrible thing to find out that there, if there's one or two, there's several. They said there's several. There's more. So there's more. They're going to be coming back. Yeah. Are they like bees? Do they have a memory? Do snakes here's, have a here's memory? Here's the question, though. It it was in the house, or it it was through the house. It was in the drywall. So yeah, they had to be getting out to get food. Yeah, they're going out and coming in. So they're getting in and out. Mm-hmm. She's got to figure this out. That's the thing, and that all costs money. That it all so costs bad. money. When I was little, I mm-hmm. mean, and I, because I always wonder why I'm so freaked oh. out by snakes. Is there an origin story? There is an origin oh. story. And this is the only thing I can remember. Okay. Anything. Okay. I remember being in my great grandmother's house. Yeah. I was young. I okay. mean, I was in this great grandmother's house. I had to have been in my, before I was five years old. I was okay. young. I just remember hearing a story about a snake that had gotten out and got into the couch. Of someone's home kind of thing? And I don't know okay. if it was a neighbor of theirs or if it was a news story. I have no idea. I just remember I can visibly see myself mm-hmm. in this space on my grandmother's couch being worried about it. Because it had coiled up into the springs of the couch. Oh, come on. And I remember it being a large snake. It was a I don't big remember one. seeing it. Okay. I just remember knowing that that was a possibility. Yeah, now it's reality. And now this woman buys a house. <laughs> I mean, that's why I could never, my kids, I love animals. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even kill a snake if it was, oh, I mean, really? if it was a rattler, I would kill it. Yeah. If it was, you know, I would kill it. Yeah. I wouldn't just kill a snake just to kill an animal. Oh, no, no. I would just move on. Right. But if it's in my home, mm. Oh, all bets are off. 
I'm sorry. It's just like an intruder of any kind. Watch yourself. <laughs> Ed gone. Dee Dee is packing. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't deal with that. No. And that is why my kids would be like, can I have a snake? No. I no. would let them have a lizard. Sure. But it has to have legs. It has to have legs. Because I don't want, you can't find these things. No, they're going to outwit you because they don't, they're not, they're not the same they as you. They look for small spaces to hide. Yeah. That's their MO. Yeah. And if they get in your house, I've heard of people losing their snake for days in their home. Yes, I've heard that too. I, again. <laughs> she should see Denise right now. She's visibly upset. I can't. We get, <laughs> I, it's, it's literally, I start crying. No, we have to move on from the snake. There's no snakes in this house. We live in Orange County. There's no nope. snakes. I know. I can't do it. There's no snakes. No, there's no snakes. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Okay, so we're going to stay with the snake theme. Oh, you're still going to tell your I'm snake story? I'm still going to tell my snake story okay. because this is, this combines two of our favorite things. Oh. Something that I can't stand, which is snakes. Sure. And something that we find so fascinating. Uh oh, smuggling. We talk so much about this. People are the craziest. People what are, are so you doing? <laughs> New York man charged with smuggling pythons in his pants. It is, uh huh, across the Canadian border. He's going from New York to Canada with a snake in his pants. Not one. Uh oh, and not two. Three. Three pythons? Three pythons. Were they in a Tupperware in his pants or were they just crawling around? A New York City man has been charged smuggling three Burmese pythons mm, no. in his pants at the U.S.-Canadian border crossing. Calvin Batista, 36, is accused of bringing the hidden snakes on a bus that crossed into the northern New York, that crossed into northern New York on July 15th, 2018. Important, <laughs> no. Importation of Burmese pythons is regulated by the international treaty and by federal regulations listing them as injurious to human beings. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. Bertista of Queens was arraigned Tuesday in Albany on federal smuggling charges and released pending trial, according to the news release from the office of the U.S. Attorney of U.S. Attorney Carla B. Friedman. The charge carries a potential maximum sentence of 20 years, which I find kind of laughable. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. We don't charge anybody for 20 years for hardly anything anymore. No, you get assaulted and you you get released the that day. The rapist goes free in like five days. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. In prison or a fine of $250,000, mm. according to federal prosecutors. Hmm. The Burmese python, one of the world's largest snakes... Mm-hmm. Is considered a vulnerable species in the native Asia and in and is invasive in Florida. No, oh, okay. I'm going to Florida. Yeah, I'm going to Florida. But in two then days. you've got to deal with like crocodiles, alligators. Okay, whatever. I mean, you know what I mean. Alligators, reptiles. I, can, I know, but they don't slither. They have legs. You can get away from them. <laughs> can can you? Yes, you just run a zigzag. <laughs> I've told you this before. That's right. I forgot. They can't run a zigzag. That's right. Their head doesn't move that fast. They can't follow you. Right. So you just... Denise has a plan. I totally have a plan. She's got a plan? It's just like if there's an active shooter or an alligator, (laughs) you run in a zigzag. It's not funny. So no, it is invasive in Florida where it threatens native animals. Sure. Like an alligator. Like an alligator. Well, they have a lot of alligators. I don't think they... 
need to worry about that. But a Burmese python will like wrap around you or whatever. This is this is what I'm I'm thinking, and this was all of the story. And and let and me that's just it. Th- that's it. it. The thing that was so interesting to me is that he had three of them in his pants. In his pants, yeah. He, he had those things wrapped around his legs, or he had them in a ziploc, or they were little. They were in his legs, I'm sure. Yeah. Gross. He's so gross. I the mean, smell again, alone. I just think that the pythons they bring a lot of money. Yeah, and so people probably. are they'll they'll do that. You so can, you think he was like maybe raising these, or he got them somewhere and he he's got them in two thousand eighteen, and now he's taking them back somewhere to sell them. Oh yeah, for Who sure. Who wants a Burmese python that's been around somebody's? unit on the way to canada (laughs) oh the things the pythons have seen oh my gosh maybe that's a selling point for people i don't know maybe it is it's a story i don't know oh okay i've got i've got a (laughs) as if we're talking about smuggling i'm gonna i'm gonna smuggle you as well i'm gonna give you a smuggle story nice yeah we're going all the way to israel though Mm -hmm. okay two american couples come on guys (laughs) represent be normal there's no normal here this is embarrassing especially after covid and this is coming from the times of israel and a a news outlet in israel so So it made it all the way there oh yeah they know they know they know all about us they're aware sorry we apologize two american couples have been caught by israelis customs for attempting to smuggle a total of more than 650 pounds of fruit roll-ups into israel Uh uh-huh Fruit roll-ups? Yep. Now, I can get behind that. Can you? 650 pounds? That's a lot of fruit roll-ups. Well, if if your luggage can't be over 50 <laughs> per bag, let's, let's say you're flying first class, you get three free bags, that's <laughs> only 150. How do they do that? I don't know. We're going to find out. Apparently, in Israel, they are experiencing a dire shortage of fruit roll-up snacks due to a TikTok craze. Are what? you aware of this TikTok? Craze? No, I. You know, I know you love your TikTok. I don't do TikTok because. Oh come on! You you love dancing on TikTok. <laughs> I Everyone... love watching you dance on TikTok. <laughs> Good luck finding that. A video posted uh, by Mako, an Israeli news website, appears to show a customs official at Ben Gurion International Airport sifting through three open suitcases, each filled with hundreds. <laughs> hundreds of the sugary snack the fruit roll-up an american accented voice off screen this is this is how they're not even identifying these people in a mix of hebrew and english is heard saying that he brought the snacks across the ocean for his family in israel when the customs official asked if the man packed the clothes himself the suitcases that is he responds that he already has clothes in israel so he didn't need to pack any Got it? Just needs the fruit roll-ups. Why did he fill two checked bags with fruit roll-ups? It has something to do with ice cream, the man's voice said. The man was almost certainly referring to a viral TikTok trend ongoing since at least March in which users of the video social network wrap the sweet, sticky roll-up around a small scoop of ice cream, which then freezes over and becomes hard and crunchy. That actually sounds kind of good. It does. Israeli customs authorities uncovered some 375 pounds of roll-ups in the suitcases on Tuesday. And over the past week, 660 pounds of the sweets have been confiscated at the airport by various different travelers. People are really getting into this fruit roll-up situation. Bringing them back. They can't stand to live without their fruit roll-ups in Israel. 
Um, the Israel Health Ministry issued a warning against the treat, advising Israelis to think about the ingredients and the consequences of their health. <laughs> I'm thinking in Israel, you got a lot more to worry about than that. Yeah, but they still want to be healthy. I mean, I'm you know? just saying. Like, they have delicious baklava. Why I are mean, you... they have a lot of good food there. They anyway. have good treats and snacks. I'm just saying, I don't eat that stuff. I don't even want my grandkids to eat no. that stuff. No, well, and this is what the, the minister, the health ministry said. Glucose, corn syrup, and dry corn syrup are all sugar. They're all different types of sugar. Those are the first ingredients in the fruit roll-up. <laughs> Israelis routinely ask travelers from the United States to bring back goods that either cost more in Israel, such as some electronic devices, or hard to find, such as Entenmann's Donuts. That's right. The Israelis love a good Entenmann's Donut. Um, in an attempt to import fruit roll-ups to Israel, the American couples were tapping into a market shortage. So they were going to sell them for a profit. Sure. Yeah, that's what they were up to. Around the country, supermarkets, convenience stores, online retailers have all sold out of fruit roll-ups driving the cost up of the snack. According to Israeli press reports, enterprising merchants are selling individually wrapped fruit roll-ups for five or six bucks each. For one one of those. You know how small they are. Yes. Yeah, for one. By Jeez. comparison, a box of fruit roll-ups in the U.S. costs about $3. So if there's 10 in a box, you just made 50 bucks. They could definitely have done this in a little bit of a smarter way. Always. There's always a better way to do this. I mean, they literally could have just done this like five or six boxes at a time. Sure. 20 be, boxes at a time. Be subtle. I mean. You don't have to bring so how many pounds? 600 pounds. 600 pounds? No. 300 for the first guy. Right. And then 600 for the next guy. Give me a break. That's why they had their stuff looked through probably is because sure. like this weighs way too much. What are you bringing in here? For sure. Yeah. So anyway. Um, that's it. And the people of Israel, there's, of course, this is the news, uh, always kind of, I don't know, skews it a little bit, but, uh, the people that they spoke to sort of man on the street style, they were all like, listen, I'll, I'll pay however much for those fruit roll-ups. My kids love them. Really? Yeah. They love them. Isn't that strange? It is strange. I can't think of the last time I had a fruit roll-up. Well, I haven't had a fruit roll-up. I have bought the fruit roll-ups that are real fruit roll-ups, like yeah. the ones from Trader Joe's that are kind of like, but they're still full of sugar. I mean- yeah. They don't have the gross, some of the gross stuff that just the regular like gushers or those kind oh, of weird things. Yeah. I don't know. I, they I love think, them. I think moms today are expecting more out of their fruit snacks. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, my kids lived on fruit snacks. Sure. I mean, my kids didn't know that fruit was like an actual. A fruit. Would grow on trees and stuff. They just <laughs> thought that it was in the shape of a little like, you it know. It looks like a baby berry. Yeah. That's like, been. <laughs> has been molded exactly they were yeah. like what's going on uh, there's actual something that's a grape what it's is actual, this thing yeah, I thought grapes were like chewy and came in a bag <laughs> okay so i'm gonna go to something that i think i'm fascinated by this and i think i'm more fascinated by this because my son chance yeah is a star wars lover he is i love he it. loves it yeah. and I grew up on Star Wars. Yeah. Do you remember going to watch the movie Star Wars? I didn't see it until I was an adult, and I've only seen the first one. What? Yeah. What is wrong with you? Uh, so many things. But okay, let's start I remember with that. literally, first of all, when I was growing up, we didn't do a lot. Okay. There wasn't, I mean, we would go out for dinner once a week. Okay. Bob's Big Boy Friday nights. Bob's Big Boy. I could oh. not order a drink. Oh. No. What could, did you, yo, you had water. I had water. Sure, sure. 
we couldn't have you know i there was like parameters around it it wasn't like a free-for-all like everyone's getting a drink everyone's having dessert no no what did you order i would get the brawny beef combination What's a brawny beef combination? I don't remember, but it was delicious. Was it like a cheeseburger? It was like a burger. It was a burger okay. on sourdough <gasps> Parmesan bread Ooh. with avocado yes. and some kind. It was delicious. But remember, Bob's Big Boy had those shakes that came in oh, a like, like a the silver a silver cylinder that was already chilled, and it was a soft serve shake. You had to eat it with a spoon. Yeah. I couldn't order that. My dad would always get one. Would he share with you though? I probably got a bite or two, but I couldn't have my own. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I kind of get that. It was different. Yeah, back we then. didn't. We, we didn't. There was no extra money for eating out. There was no out. extra money for eating out. No. And we didn't ever go anywhere. But my parents loved movies. Okay. And my dad and mom, we would go to the movies. Okay. And when Star Wars came out, I remember I was, well, it was in 1977. Okay. First Star Wars came out. All and right. I remember being a teenager, teenager and my cousin Dean was visiting us from, I think he lived at the time, I don't know if they lived in Oregon at the time or not, but they were visiting and we took Dean to go see this with my best friend Jody and we went to Star Wars <gasps> and it was a big deal. It is a big And deal. I remember watching that movie thinking, this is the best thing I've ever uh. seen in my life. <laughs> and every time a new Star Wars would come out, yep. two or three years later, yep. we were there. Oh my goodness. I mean, we didn't stand in line and... Yeah, overnight it. No, we didn't. I don't even think that was a thing back then. Maybe it was. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I just remember that we went and saw it. Yeah. And so Star Wars holds a special place for me. I love it. But Princess Leia. Yes. With her buns. Oh my gosh, my hair was too short because my mom always cut it short, so I couldn't have my buns. Couldn't do buns. The Dorothy Hamill at the time, probably. (laughs) Oh, oh, what I wouldn't give to see a a Dorothy Hamill-clad Denise. Oh, we can find it, and I'll just tell you this: I don't have it, but I was so ugly. I'm just telling you. Oh yes, I had big teeth. I had short hair. Sure, I was so ugly. You've grown into a beautiful swan, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, as you're looking at me right now with zero makeup on and a hair and a scrunchie, it's just beautiful. But Perfection. anyway, I digress. Princess Leia's dress from the original Star Wars movie is up for bids. Is it white? Is it's it a white, white dress? Okay. It's white. And here's the here, I'm going to show you what it looks like. Okay, well, yep, I know that dress. You know we'll that dress. Post a picture. It's, it actually seen, it's actually found in the last scene. Okay. Of the movie. It's uh, the long white dress worn by Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia in the final scene of the original 1977 Star Wars movie, A New Hope. That was what the Star Wars movie was called. Okay. Was once thought to have been long gone, destroyed oh. by after the film's production. Back then, they didn't that fir- know. They had no idea. There was no eBay. There, not, not to mention, the film was not a success. They didn't no. know what it was going to be. They had no idea that they couldn't predict what was going to happen, right? Right. But the iconic dress was recently found in London in an attic. <gasps> Whose attic? I Who had know. it? And will go up for sale at a live auction on Wednesday. Now, this just took place this last week. Okay. It could sell for as much as $2 million, according to an estimate by um, Prop Store, a company that sells film and TV memorabilia. And I went on the Prop Store because there's a little, there's a little, um, a little thing that you can press on, a little link. Okay. And it's pretty cool. Is like it? you can get, you can get a lot of stuff in there. It says it sells TV memorabilia and is organizing the auction. Okay. In the film, Princess Leia wore the dress, a ceremonial gown that mm. was made from lightweight silk and styled with a silver belt during an award ceremony. 
in the scene, the princess, who is the leader of the rebellion, honors Han Solo, played by Harrison Ford, and Luke Skywalker, played by Mark Hamill, with medals after the destruction of the Death Star. Okay. So this is the dress. It's the dress. This is the dress. The dress was thought to have been destroyed after filming um, for the movie had after it had been completed, but Brandon Alliger, the chief operating officer for Prop Store, said that it was common during the film's making in the 70s for costumes to be destroyed or returned if they were rented. Oh. They might have rented it from another oh. place. Yeah, okay. Which, that listen, sense. this is the first movie. They didn't know. They, they didn't had know. a good budget, I'm yeah. sure, but not the kind that Mm-mm. it needed. There was not a great focus on saving this material when the movie was first made. Okay. 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 The dress was among um, the items that had been slated to be, have been destroyed, but a crew member of, on the set recognized it and held on to it. Oh, good. The dress has been... St- uh, stored for years until recently when it was found in the attic at the home of the movie crew member in London. Okay. Um, when we first saw it, it was it was in something of poor shape, he said. <laughs> After the dress was found, textile cons- conservationists um, in London spent eight months mm. working to restore it. Mm. That's kind of crazy, huh? Yeah, yeah. Removing dust and dirt that had been accumulated on it and restitched the open seams according to the 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 cast Uh Um, this is sort of a very painstaking work he said imagine someone bent over with a microscope (gasps) or a magnifying lens studying the little holes and trying to fill the holes with a similar material oh my goodness yeah so it it really was they really put a lot of thought and process into this the dress was conceived by john molo who won the award for best costume design for Star Wars at the Academy Awards in March of 1978. Good for him. It is incredibly important because it is literally the last thing that you see in the original Star Wars film. Sure. It's like you're a Star Wars fan. You look at it and you just gels for you. Oh. So this is what it is. So anyway, it goes on to say that um, the auction for the dress, which began began on May 31st of 2023, mm-hmm. um, for online proxy bids started at 500000 Okay. And an absentee offer was submitted for 750000 according to the prop store. The dress is among more than $12 million worth of TV and film memorability that was sold for auction um, and with bids ending on Friday. Now, it stops there. It doesn't say anything about it. So I Googled to see what it actually sold for. Okay. Because as of last Friday, it was going to be sold. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is what it said. An original Princess Leia dress expected to fetch at least $2 million at auction went unsold. <gasps> oh. I was shocked by this. So, I was literally shocked by this because after our very first story of a $63,000 microscopic <laughs> purse. plastic <laughs> purse. Whatever, yeah. It sells. This, to me, That's is a better. gorgeous piece of... I mean, this is art. That's amazing. This is amazing. This is a piece of history, of nostalgia. I just can't believe it. Look what this gown looks like in its little... Yeah, it's like it's, something out of Princess Diana's collection or something. You could literally wear this to uh, a Met yeah. Ball or something. Oh, for it sure. It would be amazing, right? I couldn't believe it. So it's it just says that the gown had been expected to get $2 million, but things didn't quite pan out with as people expected. Instead, the dress went unsold, having failed to meet the seller's minimum sale price. Sure. Bidders stopped short of minimum um, price its owners required to make the sale, which was $1 million, was a minimum. But yeah. listen to this. With a final bid of 975000 Come on. I bet you, though, that that prop store place is going to take more than half. Yeah. 
That's probably why. Sure, sure. Prop Store, the company behind the auction, said it was still actively accepting post offers. So if you... If I want it. If you really want it. I'm not that big of a fan. I'm just saying, if it's <laughs> something you, Ron, or anybody is listening, they sure. can still try to do this. You, get to, you need a million dollars. Wow. That's what you need. It may be sold after the auction in a private treaty sale okay. or may be reoffered at a future auction. I love it. But the slim silk face it features a, a, in the New Hope is a gorgeous dress. And I would say, take a look. On oh, our, yeah. Well, we'll post it on we'll it. We'll post it on our Instagram. I was shocked that it didn't sell, to be honest with you. That is surprising because people who are fans of Star Wars mm-hmm. are, I mean, they are rabid. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. What about the gold bikini? Princess the Leia's. one where she's sitting there with Jabba the Jabba Hutt. Jabba the Hutt. She's, she becomes a woman. She's in her gold bikini mm-hmm. now. She's no longer a princess. She's, yeah. She's doing whatever it takes to keep the rebellion from succeeding. Listen, she was she's a superstar. She did it uh, all. Oh, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. I know. I loved her. That's such a cool dress, though. It is such It's amazing a cool that they found it. I know. Yeah, that's really great. I, I would think that if you were the crew member, you would know you had that. And to me, yeah. I mean, again... You took it for a reason. I would have think you would leave it like in the, in its like plastic or something so that it wouldn't get dirty in but, an attic. No, but like you were saying, though, at that time, late but, 70s. I know, but let's say you're now in the 90s. 20 right. years later, you you realize, okay, this is a thing. Yeah, but how, how do you remember that you've got all that stuff? I don't know. I guess if you're a crew member, maybe you have a lot of stuff. You probably have a ton of stuff from all different movies that you've worked on. Is there anything that you can think of in from movies i mean you're you are good with i love memories movies, yeah. and you love movies yep. and you're a great you have great memory for these types of things is mm-hmm. there any kind of memorabilia that you would be willing to pay for probably not i'm not that person no we talked about hitler's underwear at one point <laughs> that's right? true we did yes this yes, was on did. another weird news that somebody at auction paid lots of money six figures for hitler's underwear yeah. which i would say would never pay a cent for anything uh-uh. that had to do with that. Uh-uh. But I could see where people, I mean, athletes, yeah. you get a jersey. Right. They're paying millions of dollars for things like that. Yeah. We, I, well, we, I've talked about our friend Kevin. Mm-hmm. What up? Who has um, one of the largest Muhammad Ali collections right. in Which North America. I think it's fascinating as well. It's amazing. And the stuff he has has a real feel to it. And he has told us recently that he has sold a couple of pieces. He sold a... A letter, I think, that was a contract of some sort. Oh. Uh, there's been a few things that he sold. You cannot believe the the market for <laughs> for sports memorabilia, and I think it's the same with the movies. People will pay. That's why I'm a little surprised that that dress didn't actually sell for because a million dollars is not that much for a collector. I mean, a million dollars is a lot of money, but you you go to haute couture anything, and you're spending five hundred thousand dollars on Easy. a dress that someone's going to wear down. The red carpet once. Right. This was yeah, in the movie. That it does seem strange to me. I mean, maybe it wasn't well maybe advertised. Not. They maybe need not. to go to Christie's or something where they can really get some cash for it. I don't know. I just found it all very interesting. Yeah. I I would think as a collector, to me, when something is important, mm-hmm. I would have a hard time selling it. Yeah, that's true. I would have, imagine your friend has a hard time parting with certain so things they become very personal like i would this think is, so or yeah. is it just a business some people it's just a business but as the real collectors have a real love for the stuff that they collect so. yeah I think so. it's very interesting all right i think that does it for this edition of weird news on two average girls we're glad to be back we're glad to have you back and thanks for joining us i'm ann police and i'm denise cooper we'll see you next time
Episodes of Two Average Girls are free wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button on the Two Average Girls main page so you never have to go searching for new episodes. Our editor is Aiden Bloomstein. Our social media producer is Samantha Stone. And original music for Two Average Girls is by Jason Freese.